Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Discovery Bible Podcast. Today, we are jumping into Mark chapter 4, and we're going to start looking at some of the parables that Jesus talked about with his disciples and a few of the other people that were around him at the time, and try to get a better understanding of what is it that Jesus is trying to teach us as he explains the parables of letting your light shine, the parable of growing seed, and the parable of the mustard seed. So thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. So we ended last week kind of, where was it, at the end of chapter 3? End of chapter 3. Yeah, and kind of ended it with discussing, you know, Jesus and his family, his his human family, like biological family, and then who he was saying his, uh, you know, actual family was. And that was a good discussion, and Mm -hmm. now we're moving into... Some parables. Yes. And again, we are. you know, Jesus is just right off the bat in four one, he's again by water, which is kind of a reoccurring theme here. Mm-hmm. By the sea. Yeah. He began to teach by the sea, it says, which I think this is a reoccurring theme over and over in Mark, where I yeah. think he's Mark is making us making a point that we're yeah. to, to see the compare and contrast of certain things, and uh, I think we're going to see this a little bit more often, but I think the placement of these stories is interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's significant. So, yeah, so we're going to jump right into chapter four today, Yeah. by the sea. And so, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, we have, like, the beginning of Jesus's, um, you know, life, and then he, he does a few different things. He does, you know, some driving out of evil spirits, and then some healings, and then... Um, obviously there's some teaching involved with those that we've gone over, but these are like the first, you know, the first group of like parables, the first group of like actual, like Jesus sits down and says, here, I'm going to, I'm going to lay some wisdom down. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus starts speaking in parables and it's, uh, yeah, this is the first section of parables, multiple parables, one after another. Gotcha. And so I think this first parable, we'll get into it here in a second, um, but kind of the idea of why Jesus uses parables. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be really um, foundational as you go through the rest of the book. Yeah. Um, and really just reading any, you know, gospel. Yeah. When you think about the te- the teachings of Jesus, mm-hmm. rarely does he just speak plainly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, when when he sees the uh, the Pharisees, he, he pretty well calls them out the way he sees it. Sure. Oh, you din of snakes. Yeah. You brood of vipers. Yeah. He, he speaks out pretty plainly. But for the most part, we have the Sermon on the Mount where a lot of that is fairly plain yeah. teaching. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's where we get a lot of sermons from. It because is. Because you can pick mm-hmm. that out and you can mm-hmm. say, hey, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but as Jesus' ministry goes on, and especially being here in, in Mark chapter 4, sure, he begins to teach about the kingdom of God, yeah. but not in a way that, man, I mean, when was the last time your preacher got up and just spoke parable after parable, story after story, and yeah. you're supposed with, to with like, no, like, figure that out, yeah. no explanation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's basically what Jesus is doing today. Exactly. Very. Yeah, it's a very interesting way of doing things but Mm -hmm. let's just go into this first parable because i think the reason why he does this he pretty much says Mm -hmm. um and he says it again in a way that he's not exactly saying i speak in parables for this reason he uses Mm -hmm. a quotation from isaiah Mm -hmm. and then you have to read a little bit further into that you have to meditate on that a little bit yeah yeah absolutely so you want to get us started yeah absolutely you want me to just go ahead and read go for it all right sounds good all right so we're going to go into 
4-1 here. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it, and sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky, excuse me, turn my page, places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even a 100 times. And Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear. Then he, when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that, and here's a quotation, they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Should I keep going? I think I'll keep going. Go for it. Uh, 13. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer says the word, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word so that uh, takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution come comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word, but the words of life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. And that's the first parable. That's the first parable. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, I love this this break in thought in verse 10. Yeah. Because it kind of explains the whole point. Yeah. Of why exactly. is Jesus teaching? So he, te- he he throws down the parable, mm-hmm. and then we have a break here. Yeah. Here's which th- side note? Yeah. From from Mark. Hey, just so you know, when he was alone with the twelve, this is why he taught in parables. Yeah. And he lets him know. Yeah. And so he quotes Isaiah, which is Isaiah chapter six and verse nine. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. When it's important, when whenever Jesus quotes from the Old Testament, it's rarely just used like just that verse yeah he is referencing the concept of what's taking exactly place in that like chapter as he, well he the reader is meant to in their mind go back to the scroll of isaiah and be like mm-hmm. oh he's referencing this story or this portion of the scroll it's yes. not just oh yes i know like enemy obviously it wasn't chapter and verse back then anyway so they didn't have right, right. i guess whether it be a luxury or whatever you want to call it, yeah. of going and saying, oh, it's just these two verses. But they you know? they knew that this was the portion where in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord yeah. seated upon his throne high and lifted up. They, yeah. they knew in our mind of Isaiah chapter 6, they knew that this was the portion of Isaiah that, that was that vision. Sure. And I think what's really awesome here is when, when we read this overlaid with Isaiah chapter 6, we see that Jesus is the Isaiah character yeah. in this, where he stands before God and he says, I will go. I mean, that, that's that's the cry 
right? Uh, yeah. Of Jesus, oh, yeah. he, he is going to the people of the world, to the to Israel. Yeah, I will go, and and God speaks and says, they're gonna go away and say to this people, keep on hearing, but don't understand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Keep on seeing, but you don't see. Yeah. And Jesus finishes finishes his parable by, by saying, anyone who has ears. You should listen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep on hearing, but you're not going to get it. Keep on looking, but you're not going to see. Yeah. But if you do have ears, pay attention. Pay attention. Listen. Yeah. Listen to what I have to say. Yeah. So what's it, what are we supposed to hear? That's the question, right? Yeah, exactly. That's so what the disciples what, are wondering. Well, what are we supposed to get out of this? Yeah. It's all cryptic in nature, and what am I supposed to get from this? So then he answers it, which is great for us, right? Yeah, it's great for us, great for the disciples. Yeah. Yeah. We love the fact that when Jesus tells a parable, and then he says, oh, yeah, this is what that means. Yeah, it's really nice. Because, you know, it's very easy. The easiest person to relate to in this situation is the disciples, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's who we kind of, like, are most able to put ourselves in the shoes of. Yeah. And like you say, it's nice when some of the parables, Jesus just goes, you know, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and that doesn't happen in all of them. We'll see in the next few parables. He'll just drop it. And right. there is no interjection where he s- it says, oh, and then the disciples ask the question of how does this, you know, what does this work as or right. you know, what does it mean? So and the so the parable of the sower. Yeah. We can get to that real quick because Jesus basically tells us. Yeah, exactly. What that is. There, in, in yeah. There's no like left up to interpretation, you know, of yeah. me. Wow. Well, what is he referencing here? Yeah. It's more just like, okay, this is what I'm saying. So it says that the ground represents hearts. Yeah. What sort of condition is your heart? Is it yeah. ready to receive the word of God? Yeah. And will it grow and thrive? Mm-hmm. Will it produce fruit? Yeah. Or do you have a stony heart? Yeah. Ooh, and that's that's kind of a precursor to something that we're going to get to later on yeah oh yeah even with yeah, the yeah, disciples, yeah yeah right yeah. so um we're gonna we're jesus says this is representative of hearts people that hear the word but will satan come and take it away if it's on rocky ground or will they rejoice immediately when they hear the word mm-hmm. but it only lives for a short period of time or will it land and will it grow and will it take deep root in the hearts and that's i think what you know is is so awesome about this section that Jesus says, but the one sown on good ground, those who hear the word, welcome it, and it produces a crop 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. Yeah. I And it, I, I don't know, on a less, like, positive note, I think, like, a lot of Christians just assume they're the good. Mm-hmm. I think I do. Like, whenever I heard that sure. parable like, growing up, I was like, I'm the good, good crap. <laughs> I'm in church. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, the cultivated heart here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I am fruitful. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think, like, if you go back to, I don't know, it just really speaks to me every time I read it. Like, verse 19, mm-hmm. um, it says, it's the seed thrown among thorns. Mm-hmm. But the worries of, the, like, 19, the mm-hmm. worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it, and I think this is the key word, unfruitful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It doesn't say that it, like, kills it. Mm-hmm. It says it makes it unfruitful. Oh, man. And isn't that just, like, really, like, that just hits me every time I read it. I was like, yeah. it doesn't say that my faith is gone. Like, right. I don't, like, understand who God is and, mm-hmm. you know. But I have an unfruitful faith. Yeah. And, you know, if you really wanted to jump into the word unfruitful and what happens to those who do not bear fruit in right. the end, right? you know what happens. Right. I mean. 
Well, and we'll talk about that whole concept yeah. a lot in the book of Mark. Yeah. What it means to bear fruit in, in exactly. a variety of ways. Exactly. Yeah. Whether it's by a nation or by an individual, we will talk about that a lot more. And and that's a that's a theme throughout scripture. Sure. What does it mean to bear fruit yeah. for God? And what are we called to do to bear fruit? And and what does that mean? And then I, you even think even further in the epistles where it says the fruit of the spirit is. Yeah. Yeah. And we're supposed to bear good fruit. And so we could talk about this concept for a, a long, long time. Long time. Yeah. I just think it's worth when you read that parable to not focus in so much on okay the first three obviously aren't me don't be that guy don't yeah don't be that guy right yeah it's like i already know like i'm just gonna skip to the end like i know i'm the person bearing fruit i i think that i probably fall into the the group of the ones who you know just have the worries of this life mm. more days and I, I don't think that you can just always put your you're like oh I am, you know, like I've received the word and then that means that every day for the rest of my life, I'm going to be the the plant that bears fruit. Mm -hmm. I think it's a daily thing. I think some days I fall into, I mean, I'm not saying that you can lose your salvation. Like I'm not, that's a whole nother conversation. But I think that I, what I'm saying is that it's a daily thing, whether or not you're going to be fruitful or unfruitful. Sure. And the idea of, you know, the worries of this life coming in and distracting me from, you mm-hmm. know, my faith and the word of God. I think mm-hmm. that's a very real thing. And that's something that you worth pondering mm-hmm. and worth thinking about of, you know, am I letting the worries of this world get in the way of my faith? Yeah. Yeah. And be- and that directly leading to an unfruitful relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really, I think, a great point, because when you think about it, even beyond that of. You know, what does my today look like? Yeah. And then when you add that up to a lifetime, if I've been constantly weeding yeah. out the things that shouldn't be in my life. Yeah. Again, with the garden imagery, the garden weeding imagery. out, yeah. you yeah. know, man, exactly. right back to it. Yeah. Yeah. If you let those those weeds grow, yeah, the things in your, in your heart and your life that really aren't enhancing your walk with God and you let them grow and you let them take root. Yeah. And you cultivate the weeds instead of yeah. what we're supposed to be cultivating, the, the word of God and, and living for him. Think about what how that would multiply over a, y- a year, oh, yeah. over a lifetime. Well, yeah, I'm like, I'm growing grass right now because mm-hmm. my grass just constantly is dead for okay. some reason. So like, I, I just like, it really like, just like really drives that point home of like, mm-hmm. you're trying to grow something good. Mm-hmm. And if you are not constantly like watching over it like if i'm not like watching over my my new grass like yeah. there's going to be weeds and yeah. stuff that take the opportunity to grow and i have to be watching and making sure that i continue to water the good grass yep. and then pull out like the weeds and stuff that spring up along that too right so it's a constant effort and mm-hmm. monitoring of your faith that really is going to provide mm-hmm. you know the fruit the the growing of good things Right. It's not a passive, and I, I think that's what it comes down to. It's not a passive experience. Right. It, yeah. It's very intentional. Mm-hmm. It's you put the work in. You know, obviously Christ is there, and he's the one who, you know, did the work for you. Mm-hmm. But it's just like any other relationship. You're not going to see fruit. You're not going to see good things come about unless you work really hard at it. Yeah, and I want to be a little bit careful there because we can quickly say we're working for something oh, yeah. versus let yeah, absolutely. God that's work. And I think what we do need to focus on is what sort of soil is our heart, and that's something sure. that we do yeah. have a level of, you know, are we allowing God to be the one who weeds things out of our life? 
Are yeah. we are we letting God pull the things out of our life that don't belong there? Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you not know, not hardening we, your heart. Saying, yeah. Hey. Yeah. This is something I'm going to hold on to. You can't take that away. If God yeah. points out stuff that's growing in our in in, in our heart that shouldn't be there, mm-hmm. are we holding on to it, yeah. or do we let Him take that out? Yeah. Or do we point to the things in in our heart and our life that's growing well mm-hmm. and let God cultivate that, or are we hesitant to say, you know? I'm, maybe God's pulling me to push me in this direction yeah. to take that next step spiritually, but I'm not, I'm not buying it yet, God. Yeah, you know we need to let God be the one who directs our hearts. Yeah, to directs our life, our yeah. thoughts, our actions, our mm-hmm. attitudes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and allow Him to take control. This sure. is this is His life, not mine. I don't want to take control of this and let Him be the one who directs yeah. in all things. Yeah. said to them do you bring in a lamp to put in under a bowl or a bed and instead don't you put it on its stand for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open if anyone has ears let him hear Um, on to verse 24 consider carefully what you hear he continued with the measure you use it will be measured to you and even more whoever has will be given more whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him do you want, i'm just gonna stop there yeah because so th- those are two that. thoughts that yeah. are are kind of tied together mm-hmm. um and then he goes on to the next parable mm-hmm. and there really isn't like i said there isn't a stopping point here there isn't right. a let's stop and explain this right exactly so how does how does this land with you i don't know dude i mean like it i think my major question was how do these, like, I'll just start with the first part. Like, the the first part makes sense to me if you just take it by itself. Okay. You know, if you just want to, inter- I guess my interpretation of this is, you know, the lamp being the good news, the gospel, is how mm-hmm. I've ever always had it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't take something good, the idea of, like, who Jesus is, you don't take that in and hide it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You want it to be brought out into the open. You want it to be displayed for everybody else mm-hmm. to see, to gain from, to understand. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me. And I don't even know if that's the perfect way of, um, you know, explaining that. But then Jesus goes in, goes on to say, whatever measure you use, it will be used, you know, to measure you and even more. Whoever has will be given more and whoever does not have. So those two thoughts are linked together, and I've never really understood why are we linking these two thoughts together? Why did Jesus, you know, kind of like tie these together? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that they also tie in to the one just above it. Okay. Where it's the crop and the in the heart that's for God. You know, the the idea of the lamp, let your light so shine before men, you know, I think that that pay, plays in here. Whereas when we accept Jesus Christ and allow him to come into our hearts, that's the gospel within us. Right, the gospel is the light of the world. I, I believe that you know we are the light of the world, and so that we can speak truth to others. 
So are you hiding what God has in your heart, or are you actually proclaiming the good news to the people around you? I think that's what it's it's asking us. Okay. Are we hiding the good news that God has revealed to us, the the truth and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that okay. hope is found in him? Or are we hiding it? I mean, why would you hide something good like that? Why, why would you take it and tuck it away? Are, why, why would we conceal it? No, reveal that light. That's a good thing. That should be out in the open for everybody to see what God has done in your life and my life. And then he says, so pay attention to this. Pay attention to what you hear. By the measure that you use it, it will be measured and added to you. For to the one who has it will be given. And from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Interesting. That is interesting. So consider this. If God has blessed you, and sure. given you an opportunity to to tell the good news yeah. to others, to other people that are around you, and you conceal it, that gift is going to be given to someone else. Sure, yeah. Because if God is, has so desired, which obviously he wants all men to come to repentance, yeah. they would pass from death unto life. He wants people to come to Christ. Yeah. And if you're not the one when given the opportunity to speak truth of the message of gospel, Mm -hmm. well, guess what? That's taken from you. Yeah. And somebody else will be the one to lead that person to Christ. Sure. And so I think on a, on a very practical, very basic level, yeah, there's just that. Yeah. That, that, that's not going to be multiplied to you anymore. Sure. No, man, if if my heart's tender towards God and and that person comes along in my path and I see that he has a need for Jesus Christ and we have a chance to open up that door to have that conversation and I get to share that gospel and the message of the gospel, man, I, I just think of all the times that God has brought people in my life and I've been praying for opportunities. Sure. And guess what? God answers those prayers. Yeah. Brings people into my life that I can share the gospel with, sure. and people begin to accept Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing because I'm like, wow, that's literally the very thing that I was praying for. God, give me opportunities to share your word. Yeah. And people start arriving with needs to hear the gospel. Yeah. And, and I share with them, and they accept Christ. And before you know it, I'm praying, God, give me more opportunities. Yeah. And it's multiplied. Yeah. And instead of passing on that first opportunity and then somebody else getting it, mm-hmm. You are given the first opportunity, and then more are opened up. Yeah, yeah. No, I I get what you're saying. Can I like? I I think I can take a little bit of a different perspective on it too, from like a a personal. I think you can even like almost apply verse 22 Mm -hmm. to like Jesus's parables in general. Mm -hmm. Like if you like, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, Mm -hmm. and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Yeah, I mean. You look at the parables. The parables aren't just meant to like be concealed forever. Mm-hmm. They're meant to be brought out mm-hmm. and understood. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at here. Yeah, he's like the truth of the gospel. The truth of what I'm telling you yeah. is not meant to be foggy to everyone. Right. Yes, it's meant to be you know understood by those who seek to understand it. But I'm telling you this so that not only can like you understand it, but you can help other people understand it as well. Mm-hmm. And then the whole idea of with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not, it will be taken from. And I think it's kind of what we're trying to do with even this podcast. Like the idea of meditating on what 
Jesus is saying, and the more you meditate, the more you're going to you're going to understand. Right. Right. Like even on a personal level, like mm-hmm. the more I meditate on what Jesus is saying, mm-hmm. the more I'm going to understand. It's going to be given to me more. Absolutely. But if I don't meditate on this at all, if mm-hmm. I don't seek to understand the parables, if I don't seek to reveal what is meant to be revealed, then the little I do understand is eventually going to fade away and be taken from me. Absolutely. Am I tracking there? Oh, 100%. I think it all all ties in. Yeah, yeah, I think it's 100% right there because if you have been given the opportunity to to have the Word of God and you do nothing with it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What are you, I mean, you're not gaining from it. No one else is gaining from it. Mm -hmm. Why would God continue to bless that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Pay I, attention. Yeah. Pay he, attention, he, right? Yeah, pay attention. To what you hear. Yeah. I think that just now, and I think that's what's so cool. I mean, we like doing this podcast just so other people can listen to it, but man, I just gained so much from this. Like, yeah. I just gained a whole new understanding of what Jesus is saying in 21 through 25 just by reading right. it through right. in a different context. Right, right. Just reading what is Jesus saying in the context of all these parables. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This isn't, this isn't a standalone saying. No, it, 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 you, it, you, it can be if you want it to be, but you're going to lose a lot. Yeah. You can't, again, you can take these, you can mm-hmm. gain a little from them, right. but you're not going to get the full picture. Sounds good. So we're going to go ahead and let's go ahead and tie it into this next sure. one. Sure, sounds good. And... uh and we'll, we'll go ahead and keep on reading in chapter tw- er, in verse 26. All right, so verse 26. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he, pl- he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. All right, so what do you what what are your initial thoughts on that? So this one I think is um I think this one's a tough one to just read as, as a standalone. I think there is uh there's some yeah. some deeper understanding to this yeah. that that if we pay attention to some other parables elsewhere in scripture that it brings light to the subject. Okay. So for one, the kingdom of God is like this. And he said, the man scatters a seed on the ground. Okay, we get that. We Sounds like with the parable that we just read, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, There's same. seed being scattered on the ground, yeah. and it's going to do something. Yeah. But this one has a twist to it. And he raises in the day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself. And then he says, it's it's just a blade that comes up, it's a head, and then it's... A ripe grain on the head, but as soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because the harvest has come. And he's like, I don't know how it grows, but I practice. Yeah. I guess in in my, uh, as, I, as I, and I think this ties directly back into what you were just talking about. Okay. I don't understand spiritual growth perfectly. Right. Oh yeah. But yeah. I can I can see the result of sure, it. Sure. Yeah. I don't understand every element of how a how does a person who has rejected God come to the place where they accept God, their heart is open to God, they begin to grow in faith, and they begin to produce fruit 
for God. How does a man who was once living in complete rebellion against God then become the very instrument by which God is using him to produce fruit for the kingdom? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, very... I don't understand that. Total flip. So in this sense, I can almost see myself as one who is sowing seeds because I, I try to sow into the lives of others. Yeah. But I don't know how that's going to grow. Exactly. I don't know how it's going to land on this person's heart. Yeah. I don't know if he, how, how does this whole process of spiritual growth work? I don't get it all. Yeah. But we're called to be faithful. Yeah. To plant seed. And I think, I think you're really getting at something that I wrote down too is like, you know, you, you can look at this parable and be like, you know, what is the, the seed representing? And I think the seed is representing exactly what it was representing in the other parable, you know, the mm-hmm. gospel, you know, mm-hmm. who Jesus is, you know, mm-hmm. the, not even just who Jesus is, but who, you know, Jesus was foretold to be throughout mm-hmm. scripture and what the eventual, uh, fulfillment, fulfillment. Yeah. That's a good word. Fulfillment of that will be. Mm-hmm. So, I think, you know, the seed does have to do with the gospel, and it's basically saying it's this kind of, like, I don't know, contrast. Like, you do, like you say, you do have to be responsible for spreading the seed, Mm -hmm. but then once you spread it, do you under, like, in those days, I mean, now, today, we probably understand how seeds grow, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, we could look, we'd be like, okay, it germinates, and then you need this soil concentration, or whatever. But back in those days, it's like, man, we put the seed down, and then, like, it grows. it grows, and we don't know how, but right. we know that if we plant it, it does. Mm-hmm. And I think what it's trying to say here, my interpretation of this, is it's giving like an idea of how powerful the gospel is in and of itself. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. you can share it, and then the gospel is so powerful that it grows within people mm-hmm. just because of the power of yeah. who Jesus is, who God is. Right, right. And yeah, like you say, do you understand like, you can talk to somebody about it, and there might be, like, eight or ten other people that feed into that person's life mm-hmm. and grow that gospel and into yeah. what it is. Yeah. Do you understand that? Like, if you keep in contact with a person, maybe, do you understand, like, every thought that they've had mm-hmm. and every way that the Spirit has mm-hmm. worked within them? No. Mm-hmm. But it grows all the same. Right, right. And I think I think back to a few people that I have known throughout my life where they have continued on with the faith they they've grown yeah. in their walk yeah. and it's it's just like you said it's like wow that was powerful the gospel did that in their life and i don't understand how god is transforming this person on a daily weekly monthly yearly level but i can see the result i can see when they were a little shoot coming yeah. out of the ground yeah, yeah yeah i can see as it begins to to blossom and, and begins to get taller and it's producing fruit and i know that by the end of that person's life there's going to be fruit for the kingdom of god there's going to be plenty of fruit produced for the kingdom of god yeah through that one individual that one seed yeah. that was planted in that heart so i think this ties directly back in yeah, yeah. to the very first parable mm-hmm. and it, it's just a, a a rephrasing kind of and this is what jesus does a lot he says, yeah. this is the parable. Now, let me kind of rework your parable for you. And, and Jesus will do that even with the Isaiah parables. Yeah. Isaiah speaks in parables sure. often. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus says, you know what? Let me kind of rework your, your construct here and and yeah. uh, re, re, reframe this in your mind. And I, I, one thing, like, and at the end of that, it, would, it gets a little confusing, too, at the end, I feel like, because you have, you know, the seed grows and it, it creates, like, this full plant, this full stock you know um that's healthy and then as soon as the grain is ripe 
he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And I think a lot of times in scripture, at least in my mind, putting the sickle to something is kind of like God destroying it. But I wrote down, I, I, I didn't know, this is something in my study Bible, it says maybe an allusion to like Joel 3.13. And so if you mm-hmm. jump over, over to Joel 3.13, um, it's basically saying, well, I'll just read it. It says, swing the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Come trample the grapes for the wine press is full and the vats overflow. So great is their wickedness. Um, I, I think what it it may be saying is like, possibly that this is you know not only this isn't like a this isn't an evil that you know needs to be driven out it's the fullness of what it's meant to be Mm -hmm. and that it's gotten to the point where you know this is the end result Mm -hmm. and it's going to be taken at the you know i think it's a a, an allusion to Mm -hmm. the end times i think is what it's trying to say there well maybe yeah well and i also think back to where jesus says you know Lift up your eyes. Yeah. The harvest is plenteous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The labors are few. Yeah. And so he's saying, go out. Mm-hmm. And and this is, yeah, I think it, it, it just all goes back to the point of there is a fruitful harvest yeah. to those people who place themselves in accordance with the will of God. Yeah. And this goes back to what we talked about on the last podcast of the family of God. Those are the people who place their lives and their hearts and their minds and their desires in accordance with the will of God. It's not the people who are biologically (laughs) his family, his brothers and sisters. It's those people who are intentionally placing their hearts and minds in accordance with the will of God in order to fulfill the will of God. Those people are the ones who are his family. And it is yeah. those, those are the people who will also see the harvest that he's speaking of here. Yeah. To be yeah, yeah, fruitful. Yeah. And, and to those, those are the same people. So I think these parables mm-hmm. and the stories that were just prior to these parables mm-hmm. of the family of God all line up. Yeah. It, you can't just read the family section. Mm-hmm. And just the parable section, yeah, individually. Yeah. This is all meant to be read as one continuous flow of thought. Gotcha. And so we know that those people who have a heart, who is tender, who is soft, in line with God, those are the ones he calls his family. And those people who are in align their hearts and their minds with the will of God, those are the ones that he will use to produce fruit. Gotcha. Those people who align themselves with the will of God, they will let their light shine. Yeah. What an awesome thought. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So again, the next parable, starting in verse 30. Unsurprisingly, we are dealing with yet another seed. Seems like a kind of a... We're on the seeds today. Yeah, we're reoccurring theme of the seeds. I like sunflower seeds. Yeah, me too. I really like dill pickle I'm sunflower not seeds. not very good at eating them. I usually Super. eat the shell and spit out the seed. Yeah, it's like my kids. Mm, yeah, I just never learned. <laughs> eat the shell? That can't be good. No, it's not. Highly fibrous, it, though. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, seeds are pretty good fiber I wish on I could own, say that's what I was thinking when I ate <laughs> the show, but... I think you need to reverse the order there. So. Yeah, I'll work on that. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get into 30. 
Um, verse 30 here. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants and such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. I think there's a lot there. Mm. There's a lot in that little Mm. parable, Mm -hmm. just like any of these, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot, especially in the words following the parable. That's really interesting there. Yeah. So the the parable of the mustard seed, I feel like this is preached on all the time. Um, I've heard a lot of different like stories about. It. So what? It, uh, like, w- I think my basic understanding of this, I think very is probably like the easiest one to get. It's like, oh, the kingdom of heaven is like a little mustard seed, and you know, it, if it's planted, then it's gonna. If you plant the seeds in good soil, just like we've already talked about, it's gonna grow and get bigger, and it'll multiply, and just you know, on its own, it'll get you know, bigger and bigger, and just get huge, and it it will be it'll be prosperous. Um, yeah. And that's just how, how the kingdom of God works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is, um, this is an interesting one and I, I, I'm going to quickly go over this one because I think in order to fully develop this thought, it could take way too long. Yeah. But I'm going to just make a few quick statements on it and see if it lands with you. See how it registers. Sure. So, um, we'll just kind of go through here because when he talks about, Let's illustrate this in the sense of a mustard seed. Sure. Okay, well, we don't talk about mustard seeds a whole lot yeah. other than, like, those who have faith the size of a mustard yeah, seed, yeah. right? Okay, we yeah. talk about it's that. It's a small one. seed. It's a small seed, yeah. But then he says, but it's smaller than all the seeds on the ground. So when it's sown, it comes up and grows taller than the vegetables. Yeah. Okay, well, it's not a tree, I guess, right? It's a vegetable. Largest uh, of the garden uh, plants. <laughs> it is a noble, <laughs> it's a, it's noble yeah. veggie. Yeah, so, it is. Well, the reality is mustard isn't really a massive plant. It's no. kind of, I mean, it's kind of bushy. Yeah. It, it's not really a, um, it's not a tree. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's not really a tree. But it says it produces large branches so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. Yeah. Okay, hold on. So there's some imagery going on here. Why do we have this super, super tiny seed Yeah. that isn't intended to grow super, super tall? Yeah. But it apparently is going to grow taller than most vegetables. Yeah. Veg- vegetables, are like I think of... They're like not massive. Knee-high, waist-high. Yeah. Like yeah. They don't get huge. You know, tomato plants can some kind get a little bit taller, but yeah. they're, not, they're not huge. All of a sudden, this tiny little vegetable... The super, super tiny seed becomes tree-like. Yeah. Okay, hold on. That's not exactly what mustard does. Yeah. Okay, first of all, it's it's more knee, waist high. Yeah. Okay, but he's saying it, but it's going to get huge. So, again, taking the imagery of what it, normally does yeah to what is he's saying it's going to do so this this little mustard seed is going to grow big it's going to go it's large like oversized yeah it's an overinflated mustard seed it's gmo <laughs> it's gmo it's, it's gmo <laughs> yes it has grown extra it's got some miracle grow on it these does, roots or yeah. something okay so this seed is going to grow and thrive and it's like a massive yeah. mustard. It's huge. Okay, that's huge. great. Yeah. 
Is it great? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I kind of like the comics, and it seems yeah. like sometimes when things are supposed to go right, they go really, really wrong. Yeah. And we get something like a Hulk-like yeah. mustard seed here. That's yeah. That's what it sounds like. It, yeah. It's, it's something that was supposed to be good and just make strong. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait, hold on. And then it says the birds in the sky are going to nest in its yeah. shade. And, and Typically, yeah. birds... I know what you're going to say. Birds aren't typically a good sign. The birds of the air. The birds of the air, the birds of the sky, that's not good. I don't know for sure, but I don't think there is a single time in Scripture that the birds of the sky, that phrase is used in a positive context. Like, a good thing. Not often. Not often. I don't know. I can think of a couple of points where it's reflective of, you know, who got, you know, it talks about the birds of the sky and Job, how God created them. And, you know, we talk yeah. about the creation account and God creates the birds of the sky. And, uh, yeah, 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 like yeah. But whenever it's in a parabolistic sort of context, yeah, like, especially think uh-oh. back to um, Joseph, mm-hmm. when the, <laughs> you remember the baker? Yeah. What happens to the baker? It's a bummer. It's a yeah, bummer. It's the birds a, of the sky come yeah. and eat the loaves off. Well, that's symbolic of something really bad. So all of a sudden we have this tiny little seed that grows to be something... It's massive. Huge. Yeah. And the birds of the sky are nesting in it. Yeah, they're nesting. I think he's talking about the kingdom of God again. I think he he has to be. Okay, well, he says he is. How can we illustrate this kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed. So here's a tiny, tiny little seed when it's sown in the soil, it's smaller than the seeds on the ground. So we're talking about the ground again. That we mm-hmm. just talked about the good soil. Yeah. So apparently it lands in good soil. Yeah, it does. And it starts to grow and it shoots up. When sown, it comes up and it grows taller than all the other vegetables and it produces large branches. But then birds of the sky can nest in its shade. Yeah. I think that what he's saying is, the kingdom of God is going to grow. Yeah. And it's going to explode. It's, it's going to grow without you understanding how. Without you understanding how. Which is what he just s- said. So exactly what yeah. he just said. And he, and he says, pay attention now. Mm-hmm. It's going to go out and it's going to land on all these different soils. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there are going to be people who, different ones, who make their nest in the kingdom. Yeah. That really have nothing to do with the kingdom at all. Sure. You're going to have the birds of the sky. Yeah. That come and try to if- infiltrate this kingdom and i don't know how much i want to read into this but maybe you know like this is a uh, obviously you're starting with a mustard seed that shouldn't be as big as it is mm-hmm. maybe this is you know uh again this is reading way into it <laughs> like a church or a body that has developed in such a way that it's very successful mm-hmm. but it allows room mm-hmm. for these people who are mm-hmm. not focused on the kingdom to come in yeah and be successful Within the kingdom. Within this church or within this body, within whatever you want to say. Yeah. That has developed to be successful. Yeah. But not Christ-focused. Man. That'll breach. Yeah. I mean, really, like that that's that's something that we need to consider for ourselves. Have we allowed the birds of the sky Mm -hmm. in this context, the things that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God, to come into our our church, Mm -hmm. into our life, into the kingdom around us? Sure. Because that's not the intention. Yeah. this That's not what it's intended to be. It's kind of cool that it's Jesus, like, does it this way, too. Like, the parables, like, obviously, like, are kind of, you know, they're, they're dealing with seeds, like we already talked about. But mm-hmm. he talks about, like, seeds being sown and then seeds growing. Yep. And then, 
okay, this is how this works. Like, yeah. this is how the gospel is going to spread. Pay yeah. attention to that. Yeah. You don't really understand how it, like, will spread, but it will, and it'll grow. Yeah. But pay attention to when it keeps growing and yeah. it gets too big. Yeah. Like, he's doing a progression here. Absolutely. This is not done no. out of order, or this is not done unintentionally. It is a progression. It is. Pay attention. Yes. This, this is what could happen. And one of the things that I think is so interesting about this parable, it says nothing about the pr- production of fruit. No, there is no fruit. There's no fruit in this parable. Does the mustard seed make fruit? It just grows it just to be big. something huge where birds land in it. Yeah. But there's no production of fruit. Yeah. And so if we allow things in mm-hmm. that have no business being a part of our kingdom, being yeah. a, not of our kingdom, but of God's kingdom, yeah. but we're allowing these things to yeah. infiltrate, yeah. where is the production of fruit? So much to think about the book of Mark. It is the teaching of Jesus that I think we so often individualize each of these parables. Absolutely. And these parables are a complete story. Yeah. It's not just one at a time. It's not just a story about the family and then a story about this and then a story about that. Yeah. No, this is one continuous. In order to be part of the family of God, am I aligning my life and my heart and my mind with the will of God? Sure. That's what it means to be part of his family. Absolutely. And then your light will shine. Yeah. And then you will produce fruit. Yeah. So the question is, where's my heart this week, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's what you said even today. Like, where's my heart today? Yeah. And where is it this week? Mm-hmm. Where is it this month and this year? Yeah. Where's my heart? Yeah. Do have I aligned my thought, my mind, my heart with the will of God? Mm-hmm. Or am I not aligning it? Have I got a hard heart? Yeah. A a maybe one that's entangled with the cares of the world. Sure. Do I need to weed out some of those cares mm-hmm. or make sure to get rid of some of those nests, yeah. those birds that have made yeah. nests in my life, my heart. Mm-hmm. So Mark challenging but wow something that we need to know about what it means to be part of the family of god yeah and our walk with god absolutely sure. yeah for sure and we're just gonna continue on with that same uh thought next week we're gonna jump into mark 4 we're gonna finish out the chapter in verse mm-hmm. 35 with mm-hmm. a passage that is gonna lead us in a few different oh, directions man. and have, again we're gonna reference right back to isaiah and uh, just kind of fulfill our understanding of that. But, um, yeah, we'll jump into that next week. Powerful, powerful passage next week. I am so excited to jump in this next section. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. All right, thanks, guys. See you then. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Discovery Bible Podcast. I hope you join us next week as we continue on our discussion in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 4, as we talk about the winds and the ways that obey the Master. hope you've enjoyed this series. I know Michael and I have greatly enjoyed working through the book of Mark so far, and we can't wait to see where our discussion will lead in the future. So join us next week, and we'll see you then.